everyone. I'm Arlene Dickinson. Thanks for joining me on my podcast. It's no secret that small business is a big deal for TELUS. Earlier this year, TELUS helped make things better for small businesses through their pledge to stand with owners. In continuing their support for owners across Canada, they are excited to introduce the Owner's Advantage Plan, an exclusive mobility plan tailored to help business owners stay connected to their family, business, and community. The Owner's Advantage Plan offers a wide variety of benefits designed to provide greater value and more flexibility than ever before, including yearly device upgrades, endless data, same-day device repair, and access to on-demand virtual healthcare, all on the world's fastest mobile network in the world. Visit telus.com slash owner's advantage. Hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Reinvention. Today, Arlene chats with transformation expert, Suzanne Galuzzo. Suzanne is a trader of choice for hundreds of women and is coach for big brands like Reebok. But the journey that got her there was full of sweat and hard work. Like many, Suzanne has experienced insecurities with her body from an early age. But part of what helped her overcome that was the fitness classes she took in high school, which quickly became a mainstay for her life. Although Suzanne realized that physical activity was what she loved, she started a career in accounting. For years, she went from office job to office job until she went on maternity leave and realized then it was time for her to reinvent. So I'm here today talking to Suzanne Galuccio, who is really the story of reinvention because Suzanne has gone from basically being in a very, what you would consider maybe more staid and um, I don't, I don't want to say too much bad about the profession, but a staid profession <laughs> into um, a much more profession. Yes. To a much more outgoing profession. Um, you started off well, Suzanne, tell me a little bit about your background. Okay, so um, in terms of like how when I first started, in- yeah, like you, I, I mean, I don't go back to when you were two, but you know, oh, maybe I don't, maybe you ought to, like, but I'd love to hear a little bit about you know where you grew. Like, let's go to your young adulthood, like when you were growing up as a young girl. What was your family life like? You know, family was great. My parents were both immigrants from Syria, so you know, but my dad had migrated here when he was in his twenties, so. Um, and you know, fitness, I I think for that generation was, it was there, you know, my dad played soccer in his youth and, but it wasn't, um, emphasized. And so I didn't grow up in a household where, you know, my parents were driving us to lessons. They tried their best. They incorporated sports and activities, but it wasn't, you know, the highlight of, um, our childhood or anything. So we grew up like normal teenagers, normal kids, you know? And I went through all the things that every teenage girl, even I see it in my daughter, she's only seven years old. And I see her, you know, as, and I'm like, well, I, I remember asking those questions. Like, yeah. why is your hair like that? Or um, do I have abs? She asks me and, you know, because she's hearing these things. So it's like, you know, you're, you're just trying to be careful. So yeah, I just, I grew up normal childhood, no major issues or major insecurities, just the regular ones that come with growing up, boys, hormones. Um, so, you know, as your body is changing, that was all a mystery. Nobody in school prepared us for, you know, the hormonal, you know, they talked about 
certain things in school and what your body was going to go through in menstruation, but there was never any talk about, you know, your body will be changing and, you know, exercise does A, B, C, and D. It was like exercise was something and then, you know, menstruation and hormones were a, a different subject. And then, you know, that was it. So then, you know, I go into my 20s, actually, okay, teen years, right after high school, go to college, a few little boot camps started opening up. I went to, um, my start was Kung Fu, um, kickboxing at a place called Twin Dragon. And that was my first taste of like, of community. And, uh, you know, that was, that was the heart of boot camps where they, where I feel they started was, you know, and, and that whole franchise came to us 20 years later, but in my twenties, that was it. And I realized very soon that I could control a lot of what was happening on the inside and the outside. And so I started going, you know, you're dabbling with alcohol and you're drinking and you're going out late with your friends and you're eating fast food and takeout. And then you start, you know, in your twenties, you start to see a little bit surface in your acne in your body. And so, um, I was very interested in what could I do to change this? Cause I started going through, you know, adult acne in my twenties yeah. and then weight gain in my twenties. And then, yeah. so I started seeing naturopaths at a very young age in my twenties, like, and okay. it was young for them right now. It's like you take your seven-year-old to a naturopath, <laughs> right? Some. Some do. Right? Yeah. So, you know, it was, uh, started seeing naturopaths started understanding the power of food. And I did also, I did a candida cleanse. I did all these different diets just because I love the knowledge and it really, um, gave me a, a sense of awareness and control as to what I put in my body can help me feel better, help me look better. And there was a lot of weight in food and food choices. So that's when I realized, okay, this is, this is super important. I need to pay extra attention to this. I was not one of those naturally skinny girls or anything. I had to work very hard, um, to just feel and look a certain way. So just, just, uh, can I stop you for a second? So you're, sure. if you're in your twenties and you're feeling that kind of that connection between what you eat and drink and how you actually feel, that's also the time of life, or at least it was for me that I was also feeling very, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're very aware of your body in terms of how it compares to other people's bodies and whether or not you actually are measuring up, you know, are you thin enough? Are you pretty enough? Are you, it's just such a bunch of crap, frankly, it all is just so ridiculous. But you know, in our twenties, it was, it was just that heightened, we had all this estrogen and all these, you know, hormones racing through our bodies. And did you have any, did you feel any pressure to be thin that actually created any eating disorders for you? Like, were you able to manage that as no, you were? Never any kind of eating disorders because I knew what I learned very early. And I guess I could thank my earlier naturopaths is I learned that a lot of the right foods will are okay. Right. And so I I knew that I could eat a lot of vegetables and be very full and satiated and never feel like I was um, starving or like I was taking away anything from my, my sat, my satiety. Yeah. So no, you know, even though there was a lot of talk about like how, you know, magazine girls and, you know, did you, did you measure up to them? And, you know, we didn't have social media then, but that was, you know, our social media. And, and so, but I, 
I guess I lucked out in that I knew the power of good food equals a lot of food. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, it's, it's, we forget that. I mean, we'll talk more about that later um, because I want to continue on with your story, but you're right. Like uh, in one of the things that my doctors have always said to me is, you know, it's in North America in particular, we eat like twice as much food as we should. Mm-hmm. And if you want to eat, you know, like fill half your plate with vegetables and salads or whatever you want. And then a, a quarter of it with protein and a quarter of it with some sort of a grain and you're, yeah. and you're pretty much set for life. Yeah. <laughs> Simple, but not the Mediterranean diet seems to be like a smart choice for some people. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So wait, we're going to call, how old are you when you, when your family immigrated? Well, I was born and raised here. My dad, here. Okay. Yeah, my dad came in his early twenties before. Okay. So, so you're a first generation Canadian then. Um, so, all right. So wait a sec. So we're, we're in our twenties. You're, you're starting to understand the value of food and how you feel, but you're in college taking what? So I started in, uh, I went to Seneca college. I did business first. Okay. okay. And business, like admin, three-year diploma. Then I went and started working. I was eager to get out and work. I have no, you know, I no idea why I was in such a rush. Exactly. Got a lifetime ahead of you. Very shortly, I was around 23. I went to university. I went to Ryerson to do accounting. Oh, okay. Okay. Accounting. That makes total sense to me. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're into fitness, you're into health and food, and you take accounting. So why? Yeah. Why did you take accounting? You know what? It all you know all the girls that I hung out with that I looked up to were all going to do accounting. So I was like, <laughs> well, that's, "So you said that's for me?" And you know, I came from a family where it was like, "You do what makes you money," so to speak, right? Not you do you know the typical. You're either a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, or accountant. That was the family that I grew up in, right? My dad was a mechanic, but you know they wanted us to be educated and have, you know, nine to five jobs that were predictable and reliable, right? So take a job that was going to give you security in your life, some sort of profession, a doctor, accountant, lawyer, something like that. You chose accounting. Did you have any interest in accounting? You know, I love the knowledge. I always say that people, because people say, oh, you know, you see those memes of, um, would you give up your degree for what you know now? (laughs) <laughs> absolutely never it, the the discipline got me to where I, I am today I would say that with a thousand percent confidence so you took accounting courses did you end up graduating with an accounting degree yeah so um I worked in accounting very briefly I did very entry-level jobs because I was just fresh out of university and it was a few years. I was doing pretty well, but I was miserable. I, w- I just remember staring at the window and thinking, I'm so unfulfilled. This is just not fulfilling for me. And my mother even caught on and she, we had a shop growing up, a Midas franchise. And she would even say like being, she could tell, she'd say being here is like jail for you. Like, you know, she could see that. And I just, if people would ask me, my girlfriends would say like, how's it going? And I'd just say, it's okay. I'm just really unfulfilled. And that was always my answer. I was just unfulfilled. And so I started, uh, you know, training was always a hobby. I always took jobs that were near gyms in buildings of gyms. That was like the, the signing bonus for me. I was like, there's a gym in the building. I will take it. Yeah. 
they weren't as common back then. That's um, true. Good lives, good lives weren't on every corner, let yeah, alone in, in um, office buildings. And so I'm, I was getting married around now where I'm, I'm 29, 30 years old with my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, we're, you know, talking about getting engaged and I get fired from my last job. And I was okay with it because I was, my husband, who currently my husband, he was very, you know, find what you're good at, Sue. You're good at something. you got to find it. I can't tell you what that is. Yeah. And so it was always this search. I knew there was something brewing inside, but I didn't realize it was under my nose. And so I started to do uh, fitness shows um, as soon as we, so I was, you know, transitioning to being a single girl to a wife yeah. and still 30, trying to find at 30, at 30, 31, we got married and I was still trying to find my way, find my way. I started working. I went and did a brief uh, diploma pro. My husband is a contractor. So I did landscape design because I just, I didn't care what the, I knew I, I was just all about gain knowledge. It's going to, you're going to shift into that direction eventually. Just don't stand still. And so I was on the site with him. I was just trying to help him as much as possible right up until we had our first child competing on stage. Um, fitness competitions was my side gig. And, you know, I made an agree. I was, I made an agreement with my husband, Stefano. I said, you know, as long as I can still compete, I'll work with you. That was the agreement, you know, and he was like, okay, that's great. So then after I had my son though, I realized, okay, you know, I competed in another one more show. And then I said, that's it. I'm going into fitness. Were these, were these shows like bodybuilding shows or yeah. at okay. the time there was, there still is a category called bikini. And so now there's a fitness category, there's bikini and there's a lifestyle category for women because that's how much the the industry has um, almost expanded in the different body types that right. are used to only be well back even before bikini I believe started in in two thousand something and before that it was just figure so if you can imagine a figure body was very muscular and there was nothing else right for women yeah. and then all of a sudden they introduce a bikini category, which was more of a softer, more feminine physique, but there was emphasis on particular muscle groups. Okay. And so that's, that's where I was competing in is in the bikini, um, category. So how many hours a day would you train while you're busy with your husband and the business and your child? And my, my first child, honestly, that's, that's when I figured out less is more. I would, <laughs> I would, I remember I would put my, I had so much anxiety leaving my son in daycare. And so he was about four months old when I started putting him in the, the gym daycare. Yeah. And I could hear him screaming while I was working out the entire time. And I would give myself 30 to 45 minutes about four to five days a week. And it was more, it was kind it was, I didn't even look at it as training for a show. It was more my sanity. It was yeah. just my time alone you know, and it, it kind of felt forced at times because all I wanted to do, you, you know how, you know what it's like as a mother, sometimes all you want to do is sit at home and you feel like you just nursing your baby and nurturing your child and your household 
is what is is enough. It's what we should be doing at the time when, you know, meanwhile, in order for me to be that nurturer and mother, I also need to nurture my own needs, right? right. Mentally and physically and emotionally. So it was forced. Um, it was forced. Um, I had to, I, I, I almost forced myself some days to, to let myself have that 40 minutes. Why do you think that's so hard for women? I mean, let, I just want to pause there for a minute because I, you know, it's, it's a recurring, it's a recurring conversation and, and given where you've ended up in your career, which we'll, we'll get to in a second, but it's a recurring conversation that I have with many of my female guests, which is it's, it's very difficult to focus on us because we're so busy. I mean, we're raised to be caregivers, um, to put our needs last, to, you know, if there's two pieces of, you know, food, like if there's a, a table full of food, we're, we're going to take the, the worst cut of meat and the worst, you know, the smallest portion because everyone else needs to be fed first. Like it is like it's a constant battle to think what you just said about, you know, that basic principle, put your oxygen on first before you can help anyone else. But we're not good at it. No. Why? Why do you suppose that is? Gosh, and it's what it's the, the one thing I teach the most of is is getting good at it and the reasons why and constantly proving to ladies that this has to happen. I think we're not good at it. I mean, it's been generations of a matriarchal, mm -hmm. you know, where, you know, mother is the backbone. And without her, we were also we saw our mothers. I saw my mother. She was a great mother, but. I would say, looking back, you broke your back yeah. for your family. Yeah. You know, whether it was um, long nights at the shop helping my dad or, you know, so we were raised watching this of our mother's generations. And so that's what we were taught. And now we're trying to unteach that at the same time, still nurture the family. Yeah, it's it's a it, it's a very difficult role. I mean, I have so much respect for women right now through this pandemic who are, you know, trying to build careers or trying to build businesses if they're entrepreneurs who have their family to homeschool, who have the household to take care of, who have likely senior parents that they're also trying to support. Yeah. I mean, there's so much pressure on women right now. And, and, and it's hard to reinvent yourself. It's hard to think about, you know, what can I be and, and how do I make myself fulfilled when you're just feeling like all you can do is barely get through the day and, you know, make sure everyone else is okay. So it's a very difficult thing to do. And, and it's funny, Susan, uh, Suzanne, sorry, I, I want to call you Sue all the time. So Suzanne, I'll, I'll call you Sue. Hold on. It's fine. It's fine. Um, it's funny, Sue, how at the end of the day, we, you know, it took me a long time personally to understand that when I felt good physically and when I ate properly and drank a lot of water and took better care of myself, funny thing, I just felt better about everything. Like things didn't, you know, I, I didn't feel the same enormous constant stress that I was feeling up until that point in my life. You know, I gained weight. I felt lousy. I was doing all these things, but I thought I was doing what I needed to do for everybody else, but exactly. I was last. So it's a very interesting thing. How do you, so you, you, I love that you understood at an early age kind of that you loved that. I love that you thought of it as kind of more of a hobby and just something you did for you. But then somehow, somewhere along the line, you said you you left off your story. You were bodybuilding. You were doing that. You were working with your husband. And then what happened? And it was just, it was that moment of clarity. I, I remember I left my, um, we had a home sitter at the time. Mm 
you know, I would drop off Julius at this lady's home. She would watch him while I would go to work with my husband. And it was that, that was the last day I was doing that. I was, and I was just so unhappy with, you know, doing uh, the landscaping and then picking up my son. And I just thought there has to be more to this than, you know, yeah. I still didn't feel that fulfillment, although I, you know, okay, I'm not working in an office anymore. Well, what do you, what do you really want? And I made, that was the day I made the decision of that's it. I'm doing fitness as a career. And, and it became a, I don't care if I make enough money to um, support my fitness competition habit. And that was my only goal at the time. And then you realize, well, usually what you're good at is what's the money comes later. Right. And so, and then it just, it flourished. I had so, you know, and then I was, I had so much courage and was able to take so much risk. I don't know where it came from, but I think it has something to do with the fact that I was doing what I was passionate about. And so after, and after so many competitions, you know, my girlfriends were all sitting there having babies and they're, they're going, what do you do? Like, how do you do it? And that's when I realized that the bodybuilding world had so much valuable information that the average women needed to know and needed to have access to it just needed to be uh, positioned to them in a way where it's going to benefit them, not only physically, but inside and out and mentally. And, you know, so I took the information I learned from there, I packaged it up into um, a package that I could present over and over and over again, where women would learn just the basics and be able to apply them. And it more became a, it was more of a, that was like the, the extra I gave with all my clients was this little package of, you know, how to's. Yeah. I was focused on the training and of the body, right? right? right. And and take and making mommy lose baby weight. But the two are married. And so and women became and then I'd see women become really receptive to the information. Like the knowledge was so empowering for them. Mm-hmm. And I saw so then I do more research, I take more courses and then deliver the information again. And so that's and then I opened up my first studio and became pregnant quickly after, and then opened another second studio. And I didn't have that courage in my twenties to take that much risk, you know, when I had no kids and no, uh, you know, I had, I could have taken all the risk in the world in my twenties. Like, why is that Arlene? Why do you know, I think, I think with, uh, I listen, I, I think with age, you, you get a certain freedom to understand that we are on a finite runway. And, and I think as you grow older, you realize that, you know, some people say, um, you know, they want to take less risk because as they age, they say, well, I don't want to risk everything I've built. But I, the people like you, I think, who say as they get older, they go, this is actually, if I don't take the risk now, when will I take risk? I'll never do it if I don't do it now. And so I think we have this courage of we're, we're more confident in who we are. Yeah. We're more comfortable with who we are. We, um, we know who we are. We know what our values are. We understand what matters to us. We know that it's not about driving money as, as much as it is what you just said really well, Sue, which is you, you talk about passion and living your life. You know, first of all, your husband said to you, you there's, you've got to find what it is you're good at. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, when you're reinventing and taking risks, it's all about first kind of 
understanding what it is you're good at. And everybody is good at something. And you thought it was a hobby. I always use Mrs. Fields cookies as a good example. She she just liked to bake cookies, but look how she turned it into an empire, right? Um, You know, you like to bodybuild and, you know, do weights and training and you've turned that, that interest. That was really what you were good at. And so finding out that as your and calling it passion, sure. But I actually think what you did through this journey was find your purpose. And your purpose was to help other people figure out how to take what you learned and impact their lives. Mm-hmm. And why did you do it? And I think that's what gave you the, the permission to take the risk because you found your purpose. You, you were, you were going to do it because you knew it mattered. I don't know if that makes sense. Total sense. I always knew that if I keep serving, they're going to keep eating. Just right. keep serving, keep opening, and they're going to come. Right. And so then I went and I kind of overdid it. I opened up three studios. Of course you did. <laughs> right? Because I was like, I got to share it with the world and I'm going to spread myself so thin. And, you know, I had two very young children, three studios, and then I landed um, a big um, uh, account, not account, a big job with Reebok. I was training their staff and it went oh, wow. from... Yeah. So the, the, um, one of the, the marketing director there, um, did my program and she said, we need this program at Reebok. And I was like, cool, good luck pitching that one. Right. Like who's really bringing in a transformation program to a corporate place. Right. I was like, if that was the case, I would have stayed in corporate, the corporate world. Right. If that, if those, the words, but the world is changing. Yeah. And they had a remarkable president and she pitched it to him and she said, we need this and we need, and it started as just a woman's program. And, and they have a very cool story. So it started off as a free program for 20 lucky women, 27 lucky women. And so um, I had to interview over a hundred women and pick from them who was going to be in oh, this wow. program. And it was, it was so difficult, yeah. but she, you know, this woman, Patricia, who was, you know, she was the one at the forefront of this project. She took all those interview forms and gave them to the president and said, read them. They had questions like, do you suffer from anxiety? Are you depressed? Do you, are you happy? Are you, you know, there was all these questions and like, why should you be in this program? And they knew what it was. It was a program of nutrition and exercise. And so from that 27 person program, it turned into um, the whole company. So I did that for three months. They had amazing time, amazing results. We worked out outside in the middle of the summer. It was August. We went till September and then it turned into a 180 person transformation program by September of men and women. Wow. So I was there and that's the average of what I'd have in my studio is 180 people per studio, right? So it was like having a fourth studio is my point. And so I was driving to Reebok corporate office, Adidas, Canada, and, and then the three studios and like going crazy. And then I crashed. I, of course you did. <laughs> right. You didn't see that coming. Did you? Yeah, no, I couldn't have predicted that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I went through a really rough time of um, separating from a partner that I had in one studio and it was just legal battles. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden the, the new world of boot camp opened up 
people, you know, boot camps opened up their eyes and franchises were popping up everywhere. And like literally next door to me, next door to me on one side, next door, there was franchises everywhere, right? Boot camps became such a thing in every town. You would see the same, you know, seven boot camps. Sometimes they would be within kilometers of each other. Yeah. So, you know, people want to see what's new and exciting, right? So they're hopping off and, and I'm closing one studio. Then I close, then I had two very good studios, um, Aurora, but you know, my Markham, which was my first studio from over 10 years ago was always this roller coaster. Right. And then during COVID it had its last hurrah. Both, both of them, uh, Aurora and my Markham studio, COVID unfortunately took them, yeah, of course. And, uh, right? It's, it's a gym, it's COVID. But lucky for me, I'd already started in the online world uh, at least eight months before that. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was a very smooth transition for me. And then everything just went up. Everything was just going up, up, up for, for the online so, but did you feel any sense of, you know, um, I'm interested if you felt any sense of failure when the studio shut down. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like it, it would make, it makes me cry because uh, that was how I did everything. I, it was my life. Yeah. And you just felt like um, you felt um, during that up and down, you just felt alone. Yeah. Yeah. Can you help people with that, um, Sue? Because I think this is an important point, you know, because it's easy to kind of skate past it and say, yeah. you know, I, I was doing good on online. But that that moment of I built these studios, I put everything into it, I've written it out, and then this happens and you shut it down. I mean, I can see how much it, it, mm-hmm. it affected you. How did I you manage it? I think also um, we can't. Getting to that place is not going to be unscathed, right? Right. There's going to be so many battles. And I guess as a younger entrepreneur, I didn't, um, you don't, you don't realize you're in the battlefield until you come out of it Mm -hmm. and you're, you're like, you're traumatized from it. I I was traumatized from that battle happening. Right. And especially since, you know, everybody, people are jumping ship on you. So you just feel like you're, you're deserted. You're, you're yesterday's news. And then that was even a reinvention of myself. And I knew I just, I had to, I had to reinvent myself at that time. So, you know, what I would say to somebody going through, even now with, you know, that could be happening to somebody during COVID COVID. I was ready to say goodbye. It wasn't as traumatizing as it was, you know, three, four years ago when my Markham studio was doing the roller coaster and all these franchises were, were opening up. Right. And so I just think that as entrepreneurs, especially in Canada, in Ontario, this is where, this is your learning moment. Right. I think that that's the moment you realize uh, either you could decide. I, I remember so many times thinking, Sue, it's really easy to just your husband. My husband would be like, it's OK, just you could close and give up and that's it. Be done. But you don't want to be you're not when you know you're not ready to be done. 
you don't want to be done. And it was like, okay, I started looking for coaches, business coaches online. I started going to seminars. I was just trying to do anything to keep me afloat. Um, doing, I started doing free nutrition sessions on the weekend. And this was like at the height of where Facebook ads had just started being introduced to my community. Mm-hmm. Now it's such a big thing for fitness entrepreneurs, uh, Facebook ads. So I was just ready to hear anything and just get, try, get, build it back up. I knew that, I knew that, um, I would just keep saying to myself, surely you can find 40 people interested in a boot camp. And I would just keep saying that to myself and uh, show up on Sundays for free, you know, get somebody to, my husband would watch the kids show up on Sundays and just do what, ha- you know, do the free nutritions and just talk to women. It always paid off. Always, you know, there was always a woman, you know, I, I'll never forget. I have one woman in my online program that that's where she, she started and she's down almost a hundred pounds. And had I not had those free nutrition, she would have never come my way, you know? So I know that there, I know that when you're, when you're kicked down, there's always something, the universe is just trying to prepare you for your next great feat. And, but when you're, when you're down, it's, that's the hardest part, right? It's, it's so is, I mean, I really appreciate you sharing that story because I think, as I said, on the outside, people go, oh, you know, she, she was online when the COVID, all this happened. She just, she was just so smart about it all. And, And you were, but that doesn't in any way negate how hard it is. And, and then in Canada, you met, you mentioned it, Canada, Ontario, anywhere in Canada, you know, we have a tall poppy syndrome in this country for sure. And there's nothing that anyone likes better than seeing somebody successful, not be successful anymore. And you, and that emotional burden you feel of a, you got into it to help people. And here you are having to publicly having people publicly see that you're not making the success that you're telling other people to be like, it's, it's very, it's very challenging because you have a lot of eyes on you and people are looking to you and, and you, and somehow you have to show up every day in the business you're in and give people the strength and courage to carry on with the program that you're giving them, which means you have to appear strong and courageous and, you know, absolutely able to do and handle anything. Meanwhile, inside, you just want to go pull the covers over your head because, right, is like. And I used to say that, like, you know, it's, it's really hard to drive to a location and motivate women when that location is not making any money. Right. You're about to close that location. They yeah. have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they exactly. And they have no idea. And it's like, it's just because I, I don't have enough people that, you know, but, you know, through grit and just staying the course, I knew that there was always going to be a woman that needed my assistance. And that's, that's what kept me going. And it was a very traumatizing time. I mean, I remember driving my kids to skiing and crying the whole way there and they didn't know I was crying, but you know, I was just sobbing just because yes. I, I, the thought I was going to lose my first studio. And then, you know, just you learn, I guess, through perseverance and you learn different skills. You know what I think is important, even though all those things that I tried to do to resurrect the studio they might not all work, but they, I feel like they prepared me for even this part of my life now, you know? So 
feel like there's nothing ever, nothing is ever a waste of time. No, that's, and that's what I kind of, I try to tell, do anything, anything that you think, even if that seminar, I got one thing out of it, just one sentence out of it and a good lunch, then it was worth going. (laughs) Even though it was eight hours and it was, you know, the rest of it was crap. One good thing will, will definitely just set you in the right direction. I love that. One good thing and a good lunch <laughs> makes it all worthwhile. I love that. I'm going to remember that line. You know, and here you are now. I mean, you've gone through these, you've reinvented yourself. You know, you you went to school, you took accounting, you went from that to, you know, you know doing something for yourself, to working with your husband, to then building your studios, to then building this very successful online program that I know, I mean, you've helped many of my friends. And, and this is how we connected because yeah. I was talking to a good friend of mine who told me that she had lost like 30 pounds and had, had, had was feeling so good. And she was just, you could hear it in her voice too. I was really, and it's, it, it's what intrigued me um, because I could tell the difference. You, you know, you can tell when somebody's happy, you yeah. can just, you can see it in their countenance. You can see it. You can hear it in their language, you, how they hold themselves. Um, and, and, with her, I just thought, wow, you sound like a different person. Yeah. You sound like you're so much lighter mentally. Yes. And, and, um, and, and, uh, and she was so um, grateful for the program. And then I talked to another friend just, and it was all coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence, by the way, but I talked to another friend who started telling and raving about you and saying, oh, she'd also done very well in the program and how much you had helped her. And, and I was thinking, you know, like, I, it, it, to be able to transform people the way you are and to have them be happy as an outcome, if, if forget the weight, forget no, anything. That's like the, that's, I always say that's the side effects. Exactly. Read the, label, the side effects are small. They're there, but that's the side effect. It's the happiness that you drive people yeah. to. So you, you, you not only are reinventing yourself, and this is why I wanted to talk to you the most is that you reinvented many times in your career, but now you're reinventing other people. You're helping them reinvent themselves. And, you know, it's easy to say reinvention um, isn't a physical thing, but it's, it's not physicality I'm talking about. It is absolutely about how they feel about themselves. And and how does that feel like to be the catalyst for that? I'm still so shy about it. I still, um, I'm like, no, 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 all the credit is with you. You know, you did the change and, but, uh, I think there's nothing more rewarding than a woman saying, you know, you're the reason why I have confidence in my job. I, I go to work and I'm so confident about, you know, answering questions or approaching people or, you know, um, I'm so happy. What I love is when women will tell me they're so happy with their kids because I know how hard it is when you're yeah. unhappy in the presence of your own children. Yeah. I've been there. I, I was there. I suffered from depression when I first had Julie's. I mean, I think we all do to some degree. And when a woman will say to me, you know, you're, I'm so happy around my kids and they notice. Mm-hmm. And then that is, that to me is okay. We've won. Yeah. 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 That's well, you know, you, I think you place the emphasis in the right place because ultimately no different than you having to get up when your studios were in trouble and you were struggling to stay open. 
the persistence and the grit you showed is what you're helping other people find in themselves because it is on them. It is on each of us individually, right? Absolutely. You can, that old, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink is so true, you know? So, and people, they, they want a magic bullet. Well, there are no magic bullets. You no. have to do the hard work, you and know? You have to dedicate the time. I, and I always say, I say, doesn't matter if you're Beyonce and you have the deepest pockets, you still have to go through this the same way as everybody else. It has to be from you. Yeah. It can't be from me. I can't. Yeah. I will do as much as I can, but at the end of the day, it's, it has to be from you. And that's why, um, almost in a way I can't, I never expect somebody to do what I wouldn't do or what I haven't done in my life. And so that's why for me, I feel like even women as trainers and coaches, I feel like have that upper hand when it comes to getting the best out of women. I mean, a lot of women will say that I have high expectations and I'm, I'm hard or I'm, I'm tough and it's a tough love, but it's like, we've been through childbirth ladies. We've done enormous, you know, even regardless of childbirth, we, we, I know how much, how capable women are of how much they are willing to take on and how much they do take on. And if anything, I, you know, I'm here to alleviate some of the things. So you have to make less decisions when it comes to what I can help you with, which is your, your nutrition and your fitness. Right. And so I just feel like women are, they're so strong, so capable. And my best gift is I can get the best out of them. Yeah. And, and I always say, people will say to me, especially in the studios, like, Sue, why is your, your stuff is really hard. And I say, because I know that there's going to be a woman out there that if I didn't give her a fair shot at going hard, because she might've not been given the opportunity to go hard in high school. And I, I was that girl. And then you're not given the opportunity to go hard or you didn't take it in college or university, or then you got, you could have been the girl that got married early. And had she been given this opportunity to see what she is made of and how much grit she has inside of her to make this a reality for her, then if I don't give her that opportunity, who will? And I always say like, you know, we, we, want our kids to answer to teachers and get, they get the best out of them. And well, why did it stop for us as we started aging? Why did, why can't people expect more out of me in certain areas? And so that's why I was always a believer in business coaching and health coaching. And, you know, even still I'll sign up with um, some of the top coaches of the world when it comes to nutrition or fitness or business, whatever it is. I just, I feel like if, I am given the opportunity and the know and the right resources. I don't know what I'm capable of. And I'm even see, I see that every day out of myself. So I think there is a woman at home that knows she is capable of becoming that, that whether it's the girl in the picture or who that person is. And it's just, we have to give her a chance in for her to, to see if she can. And I, and I've, rarely seen a woman fail in my program. It just doesn't happen. Cause I just, I know how much women are capable of there's, they're just, we have so much. So, you know, what I'd say to that Sue is that you, your, your, your course may be hard and, and, and is hard, but it comes from such a soft, genuine place. Yeah. So, you know, it comes from a belief in another human's right to find themselves and their joy and happiness. And I love that. I love that 
the core of, you know, you, you do need the grit determination. You need to have an iron will. You need to have all these things. But it, it, if it doesn't come from a place of genuine authenticness, if it doesn't come from a place of softness, and which is exactly what women are very good at, yeah. then you really aren't going to feel like you've had success. Um, you know, just pushing people to do more, sure, but that's not going to give you, that's not your why. And, and I guess, I mean, maybe we, we leave the conversation there. I think you've said so much and you've, I, I believe, you know, you sent me a lovely email last week about just saying, you know, can I do anything for you? And I thought, what, what a sweet thing to have said um, and to even offer because, you know, you're super busy and, and that you took the time to do that. I'm very appreciative of you. I don't know you, but I feel like I know you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and I know you've helped so many of my friends and I'm, I'm grateful for that because they're, they're so much happier and, you know, I'll, I'll definitely, I'm going to probably take you up on all of those offers that you gave me, but in the interim, how do people find you online? Uh, so my website, SuzanneGaluzzo.com or Instagram is SuzanneGaluzzo, Facebook is SuzanneGaluzzo and YouTube. It's all SuzanneGaluzzo. So, <laughs> so yeah. you're, you're, you're good. Or Suzanne at gmail.com. All right, there you go. So you know what, anybody who's listening to this, who wants to think about reinvention in terms of their health, and their well-being, and their ability to kind of deal with stress uh, from a more from a place of strength, I guess, from a place of strength. Then follow Suzanne, take her courses, sign up to get you know the help that she offers. Um, this is a woman who's been through the you know the battlefield and and speaks from a place of experience and and strength and courage. And and Suzanne, I just love talking to you. I, I think uh, I think you're. I think you're fabulous. So thank you for, is there anything else you want to say before we close off to the listeners? I think that, no, just thank you for letting me be so transparent. Uh, you know, I, I didn't expect the podcast to go in that direction, but I'm glad it did. So I, I thank you for even just letting that, letting, giving me a place where I could feel comfortable and just talk about it. So thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I will. Uh, we'll. We'll. We'll definitely stay in touch. And um, and I, I, hey, I think strong women help strong women, and strong women help strong women when they're weak. And that can. That's part of the the whole thing. So, all right. Well, thank you very much, and we'll we'll definitely be in touch. Thank you, Arlene. Have a great day. Like working out, reinvention is not something which produces results overnight. A lot of hard work, sacrifice, and dedication needs to be put in for the best results. Suzanne is a byproduct of that. While her businesses were forced to close the physical locations, Suzanne pivoted to online and continues to help hundreds of women reinvent themselves through health and fitness. The decision to quit would have been an easy way out. But knowing that her passion is to help others reach their fitness goals and improve their overall well-being gave her the ability to power through. Whether you find yourself in a similar situation or know someone else who is, avoid regret by assessing if you need to flip the page and make small changes or start a new chapter to have a new ending. Stay safe and stay human. Thanks for listening, everybody. This podcast is made possible by the great folks at Venture Communications. Thanks to our engineers, writers, producers, and all the folks who work really hard to bring you these great stories of reinventions each and every week.